So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. Welcome to the show. Good morning. It is uh, Thursday, February 9th. Thanks so much for waking up with us today. We got a lot to talk about again. Every day, there's plenty to talk about. You know, I actually had a friend one time say to me, if like... If Donald Trump wins the election, will you will you ever run out of things to talk about? No. And then it like tripled when Biden came to office. And every day, every day there is something. More follow drama coming from the uh, the State of the Union address, which I uh, ratings came out on that. Not good for the president on that. Uh, an estimated 27.3 million people viewed the State of the Union, the second smallest in 30 years. The only other one that was that bad within the past 30 years also happened to have been by Joe Biden. But this is the guy, keep in mind, that he won with 81 million votes, more than any president in history. But nobody cares about the old guy. Nobody does. That's too funny. <laughs> it does make me kind of laugh. And, and the poll numbers that are out, still not looking good. But there's still a lot of backlash coming back from, um, from the State of the Union. A lot of the, uh, the, the talking heads coming out and, uh, and doing their yapping about it. One of my favorites so far has been uh, James Carville. Yeah, I used to really like him. Even though I disagreed with him um, politically all the way across the uh, the board, I at least enjoyed him because he would come out with reasonable conversation, reasonable debate about some things. But now, I think he's just gone crazy. James Carville, uh, he was on uh, MSNBC last night on The Beat talking about the Republicans' uh, behavior during the State of the Union last night. Which, by the way, speaking of the State of the Union and behaviors, I have a challenge for you. Go and find on YouTube the outbursts from the squad and Democrats during Donald Trump's State of the Unions. I'll tell you right now, it's going to take you a while to find it. I was looking for it because I wanted to actually play some of it. And when I actually pulled up, uh, you know, looking for the Democrats' outburst during Donald Trump 2016 to, or 2017, you know what I ended up getting? Nothing but list after list after list of Tuesday night's State of the Union with the Republican outbursts. 
These make you go, hmm, a little bit. Because I think we all remember the squad kind of throwing their little temper tantrums. We all remember the outbursts from the Democrats during Donald Trump's State of the Unions. But for some reason, YouTube has made it a little bit difficult to find. Things that make you go, hmm. Gotta love those algorithms. But uh, James Carville, he was on MSNBC last night on The Beat. And when he was, uh, they were talking about the, uh, the behavior of the Republican Party. And he came out and he said, well, you know, I told people I have a PhD in white trashology. That's funny. You saw real white trash on display. Let me say something about Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. And this, you have to admit, this comment was funny. This next part where he said, I recommend George Santos. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. He went on to say, I recommend George Santos. He could do a good job of dressing up where uh, she doesn't announce her white trashdom by her own clothes and her attitude. Now, quite honestly, I think that's kind of a rude thing to say. Now, I think we all know that Marjorie Taylor Greene is not one of the wealthy establishment people. And one of the things that a lot of people ended up kind of liking about her was the fact that, you know, she was not the political class. She was very much so just a woman who lives in Georgia that ran for office and won. She's not the uh, the higher upper class. She is, she's kind of an average person. Now, granted, I've got some issues with how she behaves sometimes and some of the things that she does. I think she could step it up a little bit and not necessarily be more classy to make James Carville happy, but a little bit more on the mature professional end. Because I think there's still a lot of ways that you can get your point across, which she's got to be one of the ones getting out the message as well about what's going on. But I do agree that she she kind of comes across a little wrong. I wouldn't call her white trash. And I think we all know exactly what white trash is. It's a thing. Uh, but to go ahead and, and call her out, call out Marjorie Taylor Greene. And again, you know, I'm not a fan of hers. I was at one point. Now, eh, I could do or do without her. But I thought it was kind of rude and rather unprofessional for James Carville to come out and, and literally call a member of the, uh, the Congress white trash. But then again, this is the elitist attitude that we get from the Democrats. As James Carville sits in his... Uh, his really high-end house down there in Louisiana, making all of his uh, all of his millions. The guy's wealthy, and this is kind of a typical attitude that we get. Oh my God, it's those Republicans. They're such white trash. They're just they're not as sophisticated as we are. Hey, Cajun, stuff it. I I really do think that was kind of rude uh, for him to attack her in that way, and I think that as as somebody who is a, a very good or was a very good political strategist, I think he knows better or he should, but I think his mind is kind of going. So maybe it's time to let James Carville kind of fade off into history, but he continued on too. Uh, and he's like, you know, first of all, their lust for cutting social security and Medicare is well-documented. 
Because remember, this is the push that we're getting now from the Democrats. Republicans want to push grandma off the ledge. They want to take away your Social Security and Medicare. And as an example, which is going to show that James Carville might be kind of losing a little bit. You know how sometimes when, um, when uh, you know, there's some people that, uh, you know, kind of remember something from back in the day, but they don't quite remember what's going on right now. James Carville's going on going, Newt Gingrich shut the government down and got defeated in the end over Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, okay, but um, I'm pretty sure that today is 2023. Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House between 1995 and 1999. There's been quite a few different people that have been in there since then. So um, you can't judge today's party based on something from the mid-90s. Well, that doesn't stop him. He continues on, too. We all know that George W. Bush tried to privatize uh, Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, probably because privatizing it would have actually made it run better because government screws everything up. But again, it wasn't George Bush saying, we got to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. He was saying, hey, Let's privatize it so it actually runs right concept. And then he calls, goes on to also say about Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was speaker and John Boehner. They did everything they could to cut Social Security and Medicare. And we know that that was their objective. Well, we also know that most Republicans don't like either one of those two. And that was also back in 2015, 2019. Again, James, hello, it's 2023. And then he went on to say that President Biden is 1,000% right on this. I hate when people say that. 1,000%. Okay. And he said that he's right to press ahead. And I thought it was great last night. It just, the level of white trashdom in the Republican Party is staggering. I mean, for somebody that has observed it for a long time, like I have, I've never seen it manifest itself at a level that is manifesting itself says James Carville. And he went on to add that you can't do anything. Uh, they have low-quality low people. Lowen Bobard made, met her husband when allegedly, according to the police report, exposed himself to her at a bowling alley. This is not made-up stuff. This is who they are. And even Kevin McCarthy, as gutless and spineless as he is, knew that they walked right into a trap. It's unbelievable. Now, first off, I mean, sure, Lauren Bobert might have made her met her husband uh, at the bowling alley after he exposed himself. And hey, maybe she saw what she liked or liked what she saw and said, you know what? I got to make that my man. Just saying, just throwing that out there. I mean, we don't know. And yes, you know, Kevin McCarthy leading up to his speakership, eh, you know, he, eh, there's some times when, eh, you know, I, I question his ability to fight. He's showing now that he actually might be a good leader. We'll have to see. But with Carville going on, now calling the Republican Party white trash. Oh, they're white trash. The, the white trashdom of them. But the thing is, he's insulting a lot of Americans because the people that he's insulting that are in Congress are way more of the average American than people like James Carville. 
or any of the Democrats that are up there. I mean, let's talk about a certain senator from Pennsylvania. You want to talk about white trash? Jesus, look at the way the family showed up for the, uh, the, the swearing in. I mean, it looked like they rolled out of the worst trailer park in the town. Where's his criticism of them? Where's his criticism of, um, of Uncle Fester going off and campaigning in cargo shorts and a hoodie? How more white trash can you get than that? That and, you know, while, George, while James Carville tries to, uh, you know, continually say that, you know, the Republicans just want to cut Social Security and Medicare, they don't. Even if you want to talk about New Gingrich back then, that was the mid-90s. Hello, wake it up. It's 2023. And again, George Bush, yes, he did want to get it privatized because the government screws it up. It would have done a little bit better if it was privatized. And I think we all know that. Because government can't not screw things up. <laughs> Clay, that's right. We're, we're smelly Walmart shoppers. Yeah, I just, but this, this is honestly something that this type of behavior coming from a Democrat, especially somebody like James Carville, um, it really shouldn't be much of a surprise to us because the Democrats talk down to everybody that is not them. I mean, that is, that is very typical of them. They do it all the time. And you know what? Look, I have some issues with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I wish that she would be the fighter that she is, be the person who will be more than willing to be vocal and get out there and say things. But sometimes you have to watch how you say and what you do. There's ways that you can come across as very powerful. And, and look, when you're in politics, powerful is what actually gets things done. Being simply annoying, not so much. And being professional. And this is the, this is the, the thing that I have the problem with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, the, um, the things like the balloon. The balloon walking around Congress. Now, I would find that to be hilarious if just about anybody else did that other than a sitting congressperson. I thought that was a little on the tacky side. It's like, I get what you're trying to say, but you know what? Unfortunately, because of the, the way that Marjorie Taylor Greene has gone about things, she's not gotten any respect from her colleagues. And I know that some people really like her a lot and that's fine. I like her, but I don't like some of the things that she does. The way she has presented herself and come across, I think is actually hurting her more than helping her because even a lot of Republicans distance themselves from her because of some of the things she says and how she says it. And I think that's something that she needs to work on. She needs to be an outspoken person who continues to fight, who's not willing to, or who's willing to uh, not be afraid of saying, hey, this is wrong. But you got to do it in a way that is professional. You've got to gain that respect. And I think she's really kind of lost it for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm not sure she can even bounce back from it at this point. I mean, I'd like to see her change her ways just a little bit. Not 
stop fighting because that's what she's got to do. But there's some things you just look at and go, really? And this is the other thing that drives me crazy. And not about her. But the, the, um, the consistent outcry that we're hearing right now about, oh my God, the Republicans were so rowdy. Oh my God, they were making all this noise. Has anybody ever watched a parliament? In just about anywhere. Canada, um, India, uh, Russia, the UK. Has anybody ever watched these? Because when you watch those, the decorum in there is um, rowdy. They will call out the other party for being liars. They will yell at them. They will go back and forth on that. And when it happens here in America, oh my God, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Those dirty Republicans. Yeah, well, what about the Democrats that did it? We've never done that. We're always professional. And you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I'm all for it. I mean, in a way, the State of the Union, probably not the best place for it. Because honestly, I would love, if, if I could draw the perfect picture of the State of the Union, it would be this. President comes in. They all applaud. Uh, maybe a couple of people boo because they don't like him. Uh, president comes up. Uh, shakes the hand of the speaker, shakes the hand of the vice president, turns around, my fellow Americans, let's go, delivers the entire speech, and everybody in that room sits down and shuts up. You know, this is a speech that could be done most of the time in like 45 minutes, and it ends up getting dragged out like an hour and a half because every other word that they say, they got to stand up and applaud. It's like, sit down. Like, I just want to, you know what I would love? I would love that if somebody, uh, for the benefit of those of us that don't have all the time in the world, could record the State of the Union and edit out all of the applause and just get to the message. Because Americans are too busy. This is another reason for why there was only 27 million people that actually watched the State of the Union. Because none of us have the two hours to sit around there and watch the president say, I've done this. Yay! Yay! Oh, you're the greatest. I'm go, oh, yay! Oh, all hail Biden! Oh, oh, oh. And then he's like, tries to say two more things, and what happens? Oh, oh my God, this is so great. Sit down and shut up. Let him get through the speech. The five minutes of, of applause just because he stands up and says, purple. It's like, God, that just, it's so annoying. And that's why people don't want to watch this thing anymore. Sit down and shut up. But just all we want to hear is the message. What has he got to say? Because we know, we know if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, we know what you're going to agree with and not, dis, not agree with. We know. We know what the Democrats are going to like. We know what the Republicans are going to like and hate. We don't need the interruptions constantly. And yet, when somebody calls out the president that he's lying, oh my God, it's the most atrocious thing ever. Oh my God, that white trash Republicans. It's so bad. Just one time. One time. I would like a president to actually step up and say, hey, look, I've got dinner waiting at home. 
and people got stuff to do. Can you all hold your applause until the end? It would be fantastic. The whole thing would be done in 45 minutes. Hang on, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. This is The Brian Rush Show. We are Northwest Florida's news talk leader. News talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. So, story out of Texas. Man who got uh, convicted of uh, being a pedophile in Texas ended up committing suicide by consuming a toxic level of some common food preservatives. Apparently, the uh, the 57-year-old uh, was standing inside the courtroom in Denton, Texas, where he was on trial for five counts of child sexual abuse and ended up committing suicide by drinking this toxic level of whatever it was that he was drinking there. Oh, what a shame. Okay, bye. Hey, God, we got to take a break for Fox News coming up here at the bottom of the hour. More of the State of the Union backlash and everything else coming out about that. Everybody chiming in. Talk about that more coming up after the break. Hang out. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This On The Fly segment on The Brian Rush Show is brought to you by On The Fly, a new concept bistro and caterer located in the heart of PCB. From savory grab-and-go lunches to Firefly's fresh sushi, available for dining in or catering. Add fresh breads and sweet desserts made daily. Check them out on theflypcb.com. Now here's Brian on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. So NBC's veteran journalist Andrea Mitchell has stuck her foot in her mouth yet again. And this kind of makes me laugh. I mean, the left, how they coming out and defending the State of the Union, talking about, oh, my God, it was so great. And Tuesday night, it was courageous. It was politically courageous. 
for President Joe Biden to mostly ignore the issue of the Chinese spy balloon. Yeah, that's courageous, all right. It's more like stupid. The entire country aware of this spy balloon, and then we are told, oh, yeah, that's not the only one. There is a whole bunch of others, but don't worry about it. But it was politically courageous for the president of the United States to completely ignore that. I mean, come on, Andrea. You should be a good uh, good reporter at this point in your career. But she is hands down one of the most biased. Well, I can't say most. Because I think um, Joy Reid is, is probably the most biased person on NBC. But she's pretty bad. She really truly is. But it was politically courageous. It was, I'm so proud of Joe Biden. He didn't, he didn't talk about the balloon, the, the Chinese, because that's just, it's nothing but conspiracy from the Republicans. I'm surprised that hasn't come out yet. I really am. I'm surprised that it hasn't been. The whole thing is just nothing but a Republican conspiracy. It was started by Donald Trump. It was, it was balloons from his birthday party. And then there's the view. Oh my God, these people. Whoopi Goldberg uh, yesterday well, yesterday on the show had told her co-host that the Republicans who yelled during President Biden's State of the Union were being despicable. It's despicable they did it. Well, hey, Whoopi, what about when the Democrats did it? Like the squad. They never did that. We would never do that. Sonny Hostins had said, remember it was Joe, Watt, well, Joe Wilson who yelled at Obama, you lie. That lack of decorum had never been shown before. And to a degree, I oh, I hate saying this. Sonny is kind of right. I mean, Joe Wilson, he's really kind of one of the first ones to really kind of do that in Congress at the State of the Union. Not that I disagree with it much. I mean, yeah, I would like to see the State of the Union be a little bit more civil. I would like to see the actual um, debates a little less civil, because that it should be. Uh, but she goes on to say uh, that they made him apologize to the White House, and he did so. And I think Marjorie Taylor Greene yelled liar at the President of the United States, and she should apologize for it. I wonder if Kevin McCarthy has the cojones to force her. Whoopi Goldberg chimes in, says, what bothers me is I listen to people say, uh, we need to find a better way to talk to each other. And then we see these adults showing their behind. As my mother would say, and indulging in the despicable behavior, behavior, you don't have to like what he says, but you owe him the respect. He is the president. For God's sake, we had to listen to you-know-who, and nobody yelled. Nobody said you're a liar. You're a moron. Nancy tore up the paper when it was finished. Get your party in order, man. You need to get your party in order. Well, first off, tons of fun. Um, yeah, the Democrats were rather rude to Donald Trump. Multiple times. I would say go find it on YouTube, but apparently YouTube is scrubbing it so that it can't be brought up. But then when we talk about um, Nancy Pelosi, Joy Behar chimes in. She's like, and when Nancy tore that up, it was a subtle way to do it. Yelling is so junior high. Of course, what Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behart either don't know or don't want to admit to 
is that what Nancy Pelosi did was illegal. What Joe Wilson did and what Marjorie Taylor Greene did and what members of the squad did was rude at best, unprofessional at best, immature at best. Nancy Pelosi did something that was illegal. She destroyed federal documents. And I know it's kind of to a degree petty, but still, she destroyed documents. And that was about as immature as you can get. Disagreeing with somebody and saying, hey, you're lying, that's one thing. But to stand there on national television and rip up the speech in front of the world, I mean, come on. That says a whole other level. But then again, we shouldn't, we should expect pretty much this coming from the view. But again, with all of this uproar that we're seeing on, um, on the fact that a, a few Republicans chimed in and said, you lied, you're a liar, you're lying. And a few other people got a little rowdy and, and didn't, didn't applaud and get down on their hands and knees and bow to the Supreme Leader Biden, who's the greatest president ever. I mean, let's watch how they do things in other countries. Oh, you know what? Where's that place that we have to be more like again? Oh, yeah, Europe. Watch some of the parliament hearings that go on in, in Europe and in other countries around the world. At least here in America, 99.999% of the time, things are pretty civil. We have watched in other countries, including some of our allies, where they have literally attacked each other. We haven't done that in a couple hundred years. It's been a long time since a, a member of the Senate or a member of Congress has actually got up and attacked somebody. But you see that happen in other parliaments around the world. We also see even as, as close as Canada, where Canada, they get up there and they, um, they get all rowdy. They do it in the UK. They do it all over the place. And in America, again, like 99.999% of the time, it's very civil. It's, it's just sad to watch this, this double standard um, that we have here all the time. And yeah, Jason, uh, you know, I love when you guys chime in, by the way. If you're not following me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Brian Rush show. Um, you hear me talk about this all the time. There, there's so many conversations that go on during this. Uh, but Jason, you're right. The fact that Whoopi makes comments about the former president Trump as you know who or the former guy in itself is disrespectful and immature. I agree. And, and it does to me, it doesn't matter who the president is. Um, and, and to a degree, I almost find just calling the former president or even the current president, just calling him Mr. I still kind of find this kind of disrespectful. Um, but that's just me and the Mr. part. I, I think that the president, whether current or former, should we be referred to as president? I mean, I'm okay with somebody saying Biden. I'm okay with somebody saying Trump. I'm okay with somebody saying Obama. That's fine. We all know what you're talking about. Um, but I, I hate the Mr. Like Mr. Biden. No, it's President Biden. Mr. Trump. No, it's President Trump. Even though he's former, it's still President Trump. That's just like, 
uh, it, it, it's I know it's a formality and some people hate it, but even like governors, you know, former governors, every time that I would run into Mike Huckabee, I would refer to him as governor. Governor Huckabee, how you doing? You know, when when I was running into, uh, you know, Senator Rick Scott or Congressman Dunn, you know, I still refer to them that way. Congressman Dunn, Senator Scott. You know, I have personal uh, relationships with both of them and they talk to me like I'm just a buddy, but I still refer to him that way because I think it's just respectful. But yeah, Whoopi Goldberg does that all the time. And I love how uh, the left will do that. Oh, that other guy. Oh, my predecessor. You know, and it's just, it's it's sad to watch it because the immaturity that really truly comes from the, the left is so much more out of control than it is from the right. And there is on the right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I, you know, in, in many ways, I would like to see the Republican Party going forward really try to be more mature, more professional, more leader-like, and not partake in some of the stuff that we saw happen. I mean... I'm I'm very torn on it because, you know, you got to call it out. But I think the State of the Union, um, I think it's disrespectful to the American people and to the president, regardless to who the president is and regardless to how wrong the president is or correct the president is, to really do that heckling. And granted, when the Republicans do it, um, it's not anywhere near as bad as how the Democrats have. You know, Joe Biden said stuff during the State of the Union that was lies. And a few people just said, hey, you're lying. Versus the other childish behavior that we watch with the Democrats under Donald Trump. And there was a lot of childish behavior. I would just like to see, though, the Republican Party to really, truly stand up and and, and kind of just be the leaders we need them to be. So that we can make sure that we uh, we regain uh, more and more control of the House and the Senate and hopefully the presidency uh, coming up in uh, in 2024. Because the Republicans, they've got an uphill battle. They really, truly do have an uphill battle. Media is against them. They don't have the Senate. You have Tater Todd McConnell where we see where his alliances land. Didn't even wear an American lapel pin, by the way. But he could wear the Ukrainian tie. And yeah, that guy. I mean, he's he's worthless. Absolutely worthless. And the fact that he takes Senator Rick Scott off of the uh, the economic committee, considering Florida's got the third, third largest economy in, in the country, all because of the fact that he ran against him to be the leader and the two of them have had some words back and forth. I mean, it goes to show where, where Tater Tot's uh, loyal, loyalty is at. Tanner Todd McConnell is, he's not a good Republican. He is one of those establishment goons that needs to go away. He's an anti-Trumper. He's an anti-Republican. I can't even call him a rhino because he doesn't even act like one. I mean, he might as well just become a Democrat, get it over with. But there's a new poll that is out uh, talking about 2024 when it comes to the presidential race. And this is one of the things that's interesting. And, and I'm, I'm reading more and more 
polls and surveys around the country. And, and I'm kind of watching what some people are talking about. And we all know that here in the state of Florida, aside from some of the hardcore Democrats, Ron DeSantis is very much so liked. Very much so liked as a governor. And what's impressive to me, too, is that there are people here in Florida uh, that some will say, you know what, love Ron DeSantis as a governor. I think his policies are great. Him personally, eh. And believe me, the, the first encounter that I had with Governor DeSantis when he was a congressman running for governor, oh, oh, that was not good. I mean, I actually told him to his face, I thought he was an ass and that I wasn't going to vote for him. And I didn't. That was during the primary. Because of the way he was. I mean, he... He has changed a lot. I think he's grown into the role. I, th I think some of his people have probably said, look, man, you, you can't be so uptight. You, you got to be a little bit more friendly. And he's opened up a lot since then. But I do know some people that just, they don't like him personally. But will say, yeah, I might not like the governor personally, but I love his policies and I love the job that he's doing. But here's the thing is around the country, He's liked by a lot of hardcore Republicans. He's not very well liked by a lot of independents and really very few Democrats like Ron DeSantis. And that, I think, is actually a problem for Ron DeSantis. If Ron DeSantis can't also win some of the independents and some of the Democrats, it'll be hard for him to beat whoever the Democrat is. A new poll that came out from uh, from Gallup, uh, the Gallup poll that came out, I think it was Monday that came out. No, this is the Tuesday morning uh, consultant uh, poll that came out. And it shows that uh, Donald Trump is still ahead of the 2024 Republican challengers by double digits. The survey is now showing that Trump is leading the closest potential challenger, uh, Ron DeSantis, by 18%. Donald Trump, uh, his, uh, his support is at 49%, which is up 1% for the last time this survey was done, compared to Ron DeSantis' uh, support in this uh, Tuesday morning consult poll of 31%. Now, at 18%, that's a huge margin. That's way outside of the margin of error. But the, uh, the poll also talks about some of the other potential challengers, and none of them come close. And every poll that I watch, I can tell you right now, any other Republicans that are willing to get into the Republican primary race for president might as well just not. Because Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, shall he get into the, the, the mix, which I'm sure we'll find out soon, are going to suck all the oxygen out of the room. However, it's also going to be very interesting because you have people like the Koch group uh, and a few others that are not wanting to financially back Donald Trump. And some of them are a little wishy-washy on Ron DeSantis too. So it's going to be interesting to see where money gets thrown. But then again, Donald Trump, he's kind of got the money. And Donald Trump honestly could probably get most of his supporters to donate a dollar, five dollars here and there, and he'll do just fine. Ron DeSantis doesn't have that personal wealth, so he's going to rely on, on donors. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not that Koch group does support Ron DeSantis. But when you look at the rest of the competitors, 
in the race, the person that comes in third place is former Vice President Mike Pence. But he's only garnering like 7% support, according to this poll. And many of the polls that I've seen has shown him even less than that. But when you look at the rest of the people that are uh, kind of falling in line a little bit, reportedly getting ready to do it, uh, Nikki Haley, who's expected next week to officially announce that she is running for president, uh, she's only grabbing about 3% of support. And that's the number four person in the list, grabbing 3%. When you look at the rest of the people, and this one makes me laugh, <laughs> Liz Cheney. I mean, come on, really? But she said, you know, she's going to do everything in her power to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't become president. Um, and there's all those rumors that she might run for president, but she's only getting 2%. And so is in Ted Cruz, who hasn't really expressed much of an interest yet uh, in running, but he's only garnering 2%. And from there, you have people like uh, Greg Abbott, uh, Christy Nome, uh, Mike Pompeo, Tim Scott, uh, Glenn Youngkin. Um, well, actually, Glenn Youngkin doesn't quite rank this part yet. But the others, they are only seeing 1%. And Glenn Youngkin actually garnered 0% in that survey. Zero. So, Governor Youngkin, do yourself a favor and just stay the governor of Virginia and do your job there. And it was only about a month ago when the last survey came out and um, Donald Trump had a 47% support and Ron DeSantis had 33%. So Ron DeSantis dropped two points while Donald Trump went up a point. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. And again, more polls than not show stronger for Donald Trump than Ron DeSantis. Now, I think Ron DeSantis will make a great governor. I think he ought to wait until the next go around. I really do. I think he just needs to let Donald Trump do with it this time and then him step in and, and run with it from there. I think that's a much better choice for DeSantis. But we'll see. We'll find out if he does. But uh, Ron DeSantis, according to this, also stands as the first choice for Trump voters Um when it comes to who they would choose as a second option. So if Donald Trump decides, ah, I'm not going to run, then Ron DeSantis would be it. And 42%, um, which is just uh, 16% of Trump supporters uh, choose uh, uh, Pence, only 9% would choose Cruz. So really, it's going to boil down to Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. That's all there is to it. Anybody else looking to get into the race? Um, it probably, probably not the, the best idea. It's probably not going to work out so well for you. So lunchtime today, if you're looking for something to eat and you want to find something good to eat, but you need it kind of fast, go check out on the fly bistro and catering. They're right there in the shops at Edgewater, right next to Firefly. The uh, top chefs at Firefly, they've helped out with all the sushi. So you're going to find the best sushi right there at Firefly or at on the fly, uh, with the help of the Firefly chefs, because the same people helping out there. Plus, there's the artisan sandwiches, there's salads, and all kinds of great bakery goods. Go check them out. It is on the fly, pcb.com is their website, on the fly bistro and catering. Uh, go check them out for lunch today. It is a fast, healthy alternative to the greasy burgers. You don't want to go get that. And they also do catering. 
So if you've got an office party, an office meeting going on, keep them in mind. On the Fly Bistro and Catering. Check them out on theflypcb.com. Hang on, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. We start off with two words. The Brian Rush Show. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Calling out the insanity of the left. And doing it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Hope you're having a great day today. So uh, Senator John Fetterman has been hospitalized overnight after experiencing some lightheadedness at a uh, Senate retreat that he was at. And, of course, the doctors are saying that uh, doesn't look like it had anything to do with the um, the strokes that he has had in the past. But, of course, we know that his uh, health not exactly been the best. But I think a lot of us had called this. You watch. It's going to be a situation where John Fetterman uh, going to be out after a very short period of time and watch the wife step in to replace. Hang on, Sometimes we'll the only way to stopping from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry, he'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of the Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. WYOO, Springfield, Panama City. Northwest Florida's News Talk leader and home of the Brian Rust Morning Show. We are News Talk at 101. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch. And doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to hour number two of the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Did anybody catch this story in the news? The top of the hour about uh, the IRS. Things that make you go, hmm, because I swear to God that the, um, I think the Democrats were saying, no, 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 we are not, 
We're not adding 86,000 new agents to the IRS. What's happening is that, like, you see, people are, like, retiring, and when they retire, and then other people who, like, just leave, what we're doing is we're, like, replacing them with those 86,000. No, that's not how that works, nitwit. We all read the bill. You're adding 86,000 agents. Not replacing, adding. And they even admit it again. It's like, is it? Hi, left hand, I want to introduce you to somebody. This is right hand. Hello, right hand, how are you? I'm well, it's nice to meet you too. We should talk more often. Now that they're going to go after uh, more waitresses and wait staff, that's a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Yeah, let's go get them for the tips. We got to tax every little tiny bit that we can. But don't you worry though. Because all of those extra act, uh, tax agents that they're uh, that they're going to be uh, replacing with the retiring and not fully staffed number people, yeah, lies. Um, they're not going to go after anybody that's making a dime over four hundred thousand dollars a year. You got nothing to worry about. However, apparently now, if you're one of those waitresses, <laughs> we're coming to get you. We're coming to get you in those extra little tips that you're making. Because you're making too much money, you wait staff people. We see that. We see we see you making those tips. You're making enough money as it is. You don't need those, you don't tax on those tips. <laughs> Come on. Give it a rest already. Just the lies that come out of Washington is is really unreal. So more of the drama from the uh, the State of the Union. And my favorite one so far has been. The George Santos Mitt Romney uh, exchange, and when I first saw it on uh, when it happened, I was like, "Oh, to be a fly in the wall with that one," because you can see not only the body language of Santos and Romney, but those that were around Santos, like they all had that "ooh snap" kind of moment. And apparently, what it ended up happening was that Romney had called George Santos an ass. Told him he doesn't belong there. And the greatest comeback, and I got to give Santos props. I do. I, I'm not a big fan of this guy. I think he's kind of a sleazeball. But I got to give him props. When he turned around and he said, you know, the best thing is, and I'm paraphrasing, that uh, knowing that you'll never be president, Mitt. Ow. That's funny. And, of course, Mitt Romney, he's just all upset because I mean, look, let's face it. George Santos, he's a shady little character. He really is. And honestly, he probably should step down because of the fact that he was not being honest when he was campaigning. He lied to his constituents. But here's the thing. He represents certain constituents. And while you and I here in Florida or Mitt Romney from Utah or any other congressman you know, they can look at the guy and go, I don't like you. But it's not up to them. It's not up to them whether or not any congressman or congresswoman or senator should be there unless they broke laws. If they are a criminal and broke laws to get there, uh, that's a little different story. And of course, there there is an ethics investigation that is going on with George Santos. And honestly, from the Republican standpoint, and, you know, I, I kind of fault McCarthy a little bit on this one. George Santos probably should have been hidden into the back corner of the room someplace. 
not right there on the uh, the receiving line where the president and the senators and the cabinet comes walking in so he could shake hands. I mean, that would that would have been the best thing for Kevin McCarthy to do, to be like, hey, look, George, you know, bad press. We can't have you right here. I, I need you in that back far corner underneath the balcony where they really can't see you. You know, in that, that shaded corner over there, that would be perfect. But he wasn't. He was right there in line. And, of course, Mitt Romney, all hail Mitt Romney. He is the greatest, the highest moral value person around. You know, he walks up to him and he kind of gave him stuff. And you know what? Mitt Romney should have just completely ignored him. Like blew him off, ignore him everything instead of getting into the little tissy. But he did it. And of course, George Santos got him back. But you know, this this whole thing with, oh my God, you guys should kick him out. No, it's not up to them. It's up to the constituents. And the constituents that he serves, that elected him, they're the ones that should be outraged and they're the ones who should say, hey, you need to resign. They need to be the ones to put the pressure on him to say, you need to resign. Now, obviously, if the ethics investigation comes through and come to find out that he uh, did some stuff with uh, campaign financing that is uh, illegal and everything else, I mean, there's a good chance they can kick him out. But in the meantime, this really truly is something that has to be up to the constituents. And this is something that Congress needs to understand you guys are representatives of the people. And if the people that George Santos represents are angry and say, you know what? He shouldn't have lied to me and I'm not going to vote for him next time and leave it at that. That's it. End of discussion. It is not up for Mitt Romney to say you shouldn't be here and you should be gone and Kevin McCarthy should uh, have pressure on him and Kevin McCarthy should kick him out. It's not up to any of them. I know it kind of sucks because we look at it and go, man, we're stuck. I mean, look, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it would be great to see her go. It would be great to see AOC go. It would be great to see Elon Omar go. But you know what? It's not up to us. It's up to the constituents that they serve to make that decision. Unless they did something illegal that requires them to be booted out. And Mitt Romney, he, uh, he appeared on um, MSNBC, which, again, goes to show a lot about Mitt Romney. I mean, to a degree, I want to say, hey, it's great that you go over there and check it out. But at the same time, you really should go on some other networks instead of just them. It says a lot about who you are. But um, there's now a little exchange going on between Kevin McCarthy and uh, Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney had made some comments uh, that he was disappointed that the speaker has not asked Representative Santos to resign yet. And again, that is not up to Mitt Romney. Sit your butt down, Mitt. But Kevin McCarthy was on CNN yesterday, and he said that Romney should be disappointed that Representative Eric Swalwell hasn't resigned. Because Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. George Santos just lied about a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's bad. Kind of puts a little that aspect of, is this guy trustworthy? But he just lied. 
He said he went to school somewhere where he didn't. Said he worked for a place that he didn't. And people still thought that the rest of the stuff that he said, you know, was good. And of course, there is, and I love this too, the, uh, the other controversy with George Santos is the drag thing. You know, when he was uh, caught in drag and then he kind of came out, it was not me, it wasn't me. And then he's like, well, you know, it was some friends of mine that challenged me to just come right out and say it. You know, I think most of us would have, would have probably looked at it if George Santos and said, oh yeah, that, yeah, we were at a party with a bunch of friends and somebody challenged me to do it and I did it. You know, some people would be like, okay, I get it. We've all been at a party with a bunch of friends where somebody said, hey, I dare you to do this. And you're like, I'm man enough. I'll do this. And you go and do it. Something completely stupid that you kind of regret later and think, man, that was dumb. But you know what? At the same time, you didn't want to be like, no, I'm not doing that. Here's my man. So, I mean, come on. I think it was funny. And of course, the question that was asked to George Santos by the reporter, I don't know if you've seen this video. If you haven't, Go look it up because the look on George Santos's face is priceless. When a reporter of all the questions you could be asking walked up to him as he was going to his office and said, hey, Congressman Santos, who do you think is going to win the, I think it was the RuPaul drag show um, race. And the way that he turned around and looked at him, you could see it in his face. Like I have an opinion of that. Oh, I can't tell you who I think is going to win. It's kind of funny. I mean, honestly, I really don't care if somebody's going to go do drag in their own time. Whatever. But that was just funny. But the uh, the battle now going on between uh, um, Mitt Romney and Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy, you know, really kind of snapping back about Romney. Um, because of the fact Romney's upset that, uh, you know, the speaker should ask him to resign. He hasn't done that yet. And it goes to show how stupid Mitt Romney is and where he feels he is. I'm so much more superior than the rest of you. And of course, uh, Romney, um, he's getting uh, getting an intense confrontation uh, with Santos uh, in the House chamber Tuesday night, uh, just before uh, the uh, the State of the Union as well. And of course, the senator later doubled down on his, some of his comments after Biden's address and saying yes uh, when asked if he was disappointed about Kevin McCarthy not asking him to resign. And um, yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's just kind of a mess. And, and you know, I think that, that Santos obviously needs to be looked into. Um, you probably don't want to have him on something that, uh, you know, is, uh, is going to be a high level of security access. And, you know, you might want to limit where Santos is. But, of course, Santos also voluntarily stepped down from the committees that he was assigned to uh, temporarily until the situation is all straightened out. I mean, I got to give the guy props. I mean, I, I think he's kind of a dirtbag. And he probably shouldn't have lied when it came to all the campaign stuff. But then again, come on, it's politicians. But the fact that he said, you know what, in the meantime... I'm going to go ahead and step down from these committees. How many times has that ever happened? Eric Swalwell, dude, you were caught with a Chinese spy in bed. I'm not stepping down from the intelligence committee. I mean, that, that would have been the most logical first thing to do and go, whoa, hey, this, this doesn't look good. Got caught in bed with a Chinese spy and I'm on the intelligence committee. 
I should probably step down while this gets sorted out. At least George Santos did that. Got to give him a little something there, right? Hang on. We got to take a quick little break. We'll be back in a second. This is The Brian Rush Show, and you're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. This is The Brian Rush Show. By the way, we're not responsible for detailing the inside of your car if you shower it with coffee after something he says. Now, here's Brian on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Thanks so much for waking up with us this morning. So AOC is at it again. I love AOC when she does uh, the hearings. She always tries to come across like this badass. I'm AOC. I got you. I got you. I tell you what, I'm going to get you in these hearings. Mm -hmm. And it always backfires on her face every single time. And this time around, she decided to take on uh, the libs of TikTok, which probably not the best idea because every time the Democrats do this, they, they attack libs of TikTok. But what they seem to not understand, and they, they can't seem to get this through their thick heads, libs of TikTok is literally only taking the words, the videos of liberals and sharing it. Not creating anything new, not special editing it, not commenting to it, literally taking their videos and saying, hey, I'll check this out. That's all they do. But it's, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. Why aren't you censoring these people? But AOC, uh, yesterday during the, uh, the big hearing that Congress started having uh, with Twitter over some of the, um, the censorship that they were doing, she got a little backlash on this, by the way. But she berated some of the officials at Twitter, the former officials who were testifying before Congress, on their decision to curb the reach of the Hunter Biden laptop story just ahead of the 2020 election. AOC, when she was uh, talking with uh, with one of the uh, the former employees uh, who was a content moderation team member, had asked, are you familiar with the account at libs of TikTok? And uh, the former employee said, I've heard of it from the news. Yes. What a lame answer. Yeah, I've heard of it from the news. That's kind of like Obama coming out going, hey, I'm seeing it when you're seeing it on the TV. Yeah, okay. Like they're not informing the president. Okay, whatever. But AOC uh, continues on saying, are you aware that from August 11th to August 16th, the account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children? By the way, if you don't remember that story, the Boston Children's Hospital on their website was offering this service to those who wanted to do the gender changing and all this stuff. The Boston's Children's Hospital. Offering this as a service to trans children on their website. There was a huge backlash on this. I mean, it was it was gigantic to the point where the Boston Children's Hospital actually edited their website, changed it all out, and had to do a big PR statement going, actually, we don't well, we don't do it until they're over 18, but they got busted because it was on their website. And it it was just a mess. It was true what Boston Children's Hospital was doing, they tried to deny it. And of course, AOC going, oh my God, it was false information. Like the Boston Children's Hospital would never do that. Oh my God. 
But the uh, the employee from Twitter, the former employee, said, yes, I'm aware of that and others, other claims from the account. And I love this because tib, uh, libs of TikTok, they don't make any claims. They don't do a video where they say, oh, my God, did you hear about this? No, they literally take liberals' videos and share it. That's all they do. No comments, no sharing of their own thoughts, just literally share what it is that they presented. And then AOC asks, are you aware that this lie was then circulated by other prominent far-right influencers? The employee says, yes. AOC comes back and says, and are you aware that all of these claims, which I've reiterated, were false, culminated in a real-life harassment and ultimately bomb threat at the Boston Children's Hospital? The employee once again says, yes, I'm aware. AOC comes back and says, and this account is still on the platform today, isn't it? And the employee says, regrettably, yes, it is. And AOC comes on saying, despite... Uh, inspiring a bomb threat due to the right-wing incitement of violence against trans Americans in this country because they cannot let go of this obsession with fixating violence, inciting violence against trans and LGBT people in addition to immigrants, in the addition to women of color. Which, by the way, has anybody seen this violence? I mean, of course, there's going to be a little bit of something here and there, but this, this incredible outrage of violence the incitement of violence against all the trans Americans and LGBT and women of color and immigrants. Anybody seen it? I know it may be overshadowed by all of the violence that we're seeing from the far left Antifa and the BLM and all the other left wing groups that are out there um, that even the mainstream media is covering. So you may not have seen all of that violence. Keep in mind, this hearing was about the Hunter Biden laptop, and AOC takes it down this road. And she concluded on this, saying that this is the party that cannot pick anyone, pick on anyone their own size, and they're trying to co-op an entire social media platform and use the power of this committee and Congress in order to pursue a political agenda. Liar! Sorry, I was uh, channeling my inner uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene there. Um... But the account uh, uh, lives for TikTok. They ended up coming back and just, they hit her hard on that one. And, and poor AOC. She's so stupid. And again, libs of TikTok. It is literally all it is. I mean, I, I can't make this any simpler to explain to you who they are. They don't make any videos where they step in and they say, Here's our thoughts. Here's our opinions of this. They don't go in and take a sound bite from uh, a Biden thing or an AOC thing and make a narrative out of it. They literally take the video that a liberal has posted on social media, on TikTok, which if you allow it to be shared, it'll be shared. And they take that video that a liberal had posted and said, hey, everybody, look at this. They don't add commentary to it. They don't add a caption to it. They don't add their spin to it. They don't even edit it. They literally go, hey, a liberal posted this. Hey, everybody else, look at what the liberal posted. And they lose their minds over that group. They're losing their minds because they get exposed 
to those outside of their little circle. It's really pathetic. It very is. AOC. That poor girl. I swear to God. Bless her heart. Hang on. We got to take a quick break. We will be right back. It's time for some Fox News. This is the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. This is The Brian Russ Show. We are Northwest Florida's News Talk leader. News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. I just got one of the coolest messages. Considering today is my birthday, I've got to say this. I am honored to share it with National Pizza Pie Day. It's National Pizza Day. That's the coolest ever. I'm just throwing that out there. I now know what I'm going to do for lunch. It's time for some pizza. Anyhow, welcome back to the show. Good morning. So, Governor Gavin Newsom. Oh, good old Gavi. He put his he put his foot in it once again. This time, I don't think he realized what it was that he was doing or whether or not it was maybe um, one of his staffers that did it. But either way... Uh, hello. But on Governor Gavin Newsom's uh, Twitter account, he ended up tweeting, let's go, Brandon. Now, we all know right away what that means, or at least what we think that means. Let's go, Brandon. Um, not what he was referring to, though. <laughs> this is another sign. Somebody is completely out of touch uh, with the world that's around him because I think the world, because we've seen this chant happen around the world where people say, let's go, Brandon, as a reference to go Joe Biden. We all know that. And this is one of these things where Gavin Newsom, rather than doing that, should have said something else like, way to go, Brandon. Brandon, we're really proud of you. Uh, Brandon, you're a hero because he was actually referring to a Brandon. Not to be confused with a Biden. The tweet was intended to honor Brandon, uh, uh, and I know I'm screw up his name, to say, who was the guy that fought to disarm the California gunman last month at the uh, Monterey Park dance facility. It's like, how out of touch are you? Let's go, Brandon. And speaking of California, oh my goodness, California. Why, why is it California is where all of this stuff happens? California's new Secretary of State, uh, Dr. Shirley Weber, said that the Golden State can lead the nation by passing reparations for the descendants of black slaves. Here's my question too, by the way. What about the, the Irish? I mean, that's a, a little known dirty secret. The Irish... When they came to the Northeast, especially especially in the Northeast, were really treated pretty dang bad. 
And they were treated very much so like slaves. And he, this is another thing to remember when, when talking about this conversation because only 1%, actually a little less than 1% of Americans owned slaves back in the days of slavery. Now also keep in mind that California entered the union, became state, as a free state on September 9th of 1850. 1850 is when California became a free state. Slavery, by the way, in America officially came to an end in 1865. We're talking 158 years ago. That is at best three, maybe four generations, if not more, ago. There is not a single person on this country that was alive during that time to either own or be a slave. And you've had several generations in between. But the state has now been considering reparations under a law proposed by uh, Secretary of State uh, Dr. Shirley Weber. Uh, back when uh, she was in the state assembly and was signed by Gavin Newsom in uh, 2020 during the height of the frenzy around the Black Lives Matter movement. As we all know, it's not exactly a good movement for black lives. And a committee was formed to consider proposals for reparations and to make recommendations to the legislature. And as it was reported, reparations could be in the amount of $230,000 per recipient. And though some claim that that wouldn't even be enough. Remember, we're like four or five generations, if not more, separated from the days of slavery. And of course, the other question is, who's going to pay for this? The committee is due to report its finding or final recommendations to the state legislation later this year for consideration. California, by the way, currently faces a budget deficit of roughly $22.5 billion, with a big old B, dollars. And Weber, uh, who is the first black secretary of state, was speaking to an audience at the Sacramento State University uh, when they were talking about this and said the process of creating the whole task force was to create some sense of uh, equity and fairness in the conversation to create an opportunity for this state to basically lead the nation in what needs to happen with reparations. It's not about talking or taking opportunities from other people. It's about expanding the opportunities. And hopefully the reparations would deal with changing our system so that our system becomes fair and have some sense of equity. And then you have an investment that is long-term and not just a splash in the pan because it seems to be convenient for us to do. Now, again, here's the question. You guys are already $22.5 billion in, in the deficit in the state of California. If you were to give everybody who is a proven descendant of slaves, $230,000 each, and you're, some of you are saying, not enough, you want more. Where is that money going to come from? And how is that 
equal with equality and fair. Because remember, again, it was 1% of the population, 1%, not even, that owned slaves more than 158 years ago. So whose money is this going to be? Are they going to go back and find the descendants of all of those uh, one percenters that um, that owned slaves? And keep in mind, the one percent back then is a whole lot less than the one percent now. And are, are they going to take the money from them? Or is this going to be taxpayer dollars that is coming from the 99% of us that uh, our ancestors either, one, didn't own slaves, or two, like all of my ancestors, were not even in this country when slavery was legal. So how is it fair and equal to give money to people who, one, is very much so separated from those days, from people who had nothing to do with it. How is that fair? How about those uh, Irish descendants who came here whose families were abused? How about those? How about reparations for the Asian families that were uh, thrown in, uh, in, uh, in camps during World War II? I mean, at what point do you just not say, grow up, move on? And, and again, where's that money going to come from? And how is that fair and equal? That's I would love for one of them to be able to answer that question. Just one. And to say that America is a country that you can't, uh, can't be successful in, I mean, come on. We've had a black president. We have a woman of color who is the vice president right now. We have the first um, person of color who is a uh, minority leader. In the Senate or in the Congress. There's no excuses to not be successful nowadays. And the whole idea that this is what we got to do, that we, we have to do reparations, and that California will be the leader in doing that for the rest of the country. How fair is that to the everybody else? I think that's a legitimate question. But the Secretary of State in California uh, pushing this. And when uh, Weber also dismissed some of the concerns that California had not been a slave state and did not even have any of the Jim Crow, law, law, Jim Crow laws uh, like some of those states in the South did. So they didn't even participate in any of this. But she went on to say that there were many racists who had played a role in state government, including the first governor, and claimed save slavery had been allowed to exist when laborers were brought in for the gold rush. So I guess just because there was somebody that was in California that was racist, now that, that qualifies it. You have to give all this money away. I mean, you know what? It's been said by many prominent black leaders. One of the ways to stop a lot of this racism is actually to stop talking about it. Because America is not the racist country that the left keeps making us out to be. And what the left keeps doing is they are making it so they're trying to divide races. 
and they're trying to create more racism than it actually exists. I mean, is it out there? Yep. And it's out there on all sides, all across the board, everywhere you look at it. It's in white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian It's all over the place. But it is not the, the pandemic uh, that they're making it out to be. 233-9988, that's the number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Good morning, sir. My name is Justice. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you today? Fantastic, man. I was going to talk with Brian uh, about generations. Yeah. What do you got? What's on your mind? Oh, just thinking that, um, you know, basically generations to us are the time that it takes for a person like myself to grow up, have kids, and then those kids uh, become, say, 20 years old or become adults. Yeah. That, you know, since the time that slavery. Oops, I think I lost you. There's a lot of generations, seven or eight, depending on whose calculations you go by. Right. And uh, even under the biblical law, you know, there was a time under which the old law was very strict and that the sins of the fathers could be handed down for, you know, ten generations upon the children of that person and the descendants of that person. But we're not under that law anymore. Right. You know, we're, we're under something different, which we call grace, which means I didn't do it, and if my dad did it, I'm not responsible. Right. But, and, yeah, and we're talking 158 years. I mean, that, that's, right, that's, right. that's at least, in most cases, probably four generations. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and I just think that, hey, I don't hold against the generations of other people's kids who did things to me. Um, and I want to I want to live and let live. And I want to love my brother no matter what the history of that group of people or my group of people was. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's really sad, too, because like Phil just pointed out to me that uh, the largest mass lynching in the U.S., was actually Italians. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. there, there's a certain point where I think we, we need to, to really move forward, learn the lessons of the past, and become better people based on those lessons. And quite honestly, the lessons learned from the past are way better than a little bit of cash that might be thrown to fix something that they think they fixed. And again, the, the question is, how is it being fair when you're taking it from people who had nothing to do with it. Like my family, my family didn't even come into this country until 1900 and somewhere in that area. So my family wasn't even in the country when slavery was legal, you know, so let alone did my family even have it. And my family, Scottish, Irish, you know, they didn't exactly come to this country super wealthy. So yeah, I, th I think it's time for a lot of this to move on and they, they need to really stop talking about it because it's only making things worse. That's right. Well, listen, I really appreciate what you do. Thank you for being here for the community. And, uh, yeah, well, absolutely. have a great day, brother. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. And 233-9988, that is the number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Yeah, it's me again. Hey, Ken, uh, how are you? Uh, pretty good. I, I, I'm thinking if uh, if my hard drive ain't, ain't gone bad on me, Gavin Newsom, right after the recall, uh, throwed a bunch of checks out there to his constituents. Uh, I, I go back just buying votes. They're mm -hmm. they're gonna throw this around and then uh, right up to the twenty twenty four, and they're gonna keep 
acting like they're going to pay out some money. Yeah, it's just like the school loan debt thing. Um, you know, it, it's, hey, we're going to give you, give you, give you, give you, and they know that they really can't. And, you know, here's the other thing, too. Uh, when it comes to the reparations thing, and, and it's it's something that they're not talking about much. They did at one point, but not so much anymore. And that is the the way that you actually have to prove that you are a descendant of slaves. And I saw the numbers at one point. I don't remember them off the top of my head. But when you look at the population right now, it's like 12%, I think, of America. 12 or 13% of America is is is, is black. And out of that, it's an even smaller percentage that actually are descendants of slaves. And it was just, it was the, the whole method to be able to prove it would almost be one of those, it's so difficult to do that eventually you will give up on it anyhow. So again, this is really a, a political ploy uh, to one, divide the country continually and two, to buy votes for the Democrats because they're going to say that. Uh, and right now, the greatest thing that's happening to the black American community is that they have realized how much the Democrats have screwed them over. And more and more of them are coming over to the Republican side because they realize it's better for them. So the Democrats are getting desperate. And, you know, this is just another act uh, of their desperation. And it's sad because they're messing with the emotions of people. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to think, oh, this is great. I'm going to get $230,000 because my great-great-grandfather, uh, his father was a slave. And the reality right. is it's going to be so hard to prove that that you'll never see the money. Um, so that's that's really one of the, the biggest, saddest things about this is that in the end, it's just a lie. And, and it'll never actually come true. Correct. Pretty sad that they're messing with people like that. Hey, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you look at it that way, I, I guess, I don't know if we owe the Indians anything or not, but I've got Cherokee in me, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you break it down, I mean, you know, the way that, that different groups were, were treated. I mean, you look at the way, you know, Jews were treated. You look at the way Irish were treated. You look at the way Italians were treated. You look at the way, I mean, at what point, where do you draw the line and say, okay, well, this is too much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like I said, grow a pair, go and get a job. Right, Live. right. And I guess if we should really, if we really truly want to actually find out who should be paying for the reparations, it would end up having to be the Muslim tribes from North Africa because they're the ones that ran the slave trade industry and sold the slaves to Americans. So, I mean, right. there is that. Hey, man, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. And if you are looking to... Uh, do some coin collecting, whether it be because you like the way it looks or you want to hedge against some of the inflation. Why don't you go check out my friends over at Coin and Bullion Reserves. They're right there on the corner of 15th Street and East Avenue. And you can also check them out online at coinandbullion.com. From high-grade certified rare coins to circulated silver dollars and precious metals, Coin and Bullion Reserves has a large variety of coins and bullion that will please even the most discerning collector. For 50 years, just like me, Coin and Bullion Reserve has been Bay County's leading gold and silver specialist. Whether you're looking to hedge against inflation or looking for long-term investments, go check them out. They've got a knowledgeable sales staff that will help you out right there at the corner of 15th Street and East Avenue in Panama City or check them out online at coinandbullion.com. Hang on. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show, and you're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. If it needs to be said, that's what we're all thinking. We're talking about it. This is the Brian Russ Show. Now, here's Brian on News Talk at 101. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Hope you're having a great start to your day today. It's going to be wet for the next couple of days, starting later on this afternoon. I'm not, I'm not all that thrilled about that, especially since there's the Mardi Gras celebrations, which I, I always dub as my birthday party. It's the greatest thing that all these cities around are celebrating for my birthday, right? It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, but it does look like we are going to see some rain for the next couple of days. Not, not all that pleasant. Especially uh, today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Just enough time to ruin any of the uh, the celebrations for Mardi Gras. Hopefully that's not going to be the case. There's going to be uh, a couple of parades that are going on in St. Andrews. Um, there's the kids parade that is happening on Friday. And then, of course, the other big parade that's happening on Saturday. Uh, and, and all the other celebrations going on in St. Andrews. I think, is there any more over at Pierre Parker? They, they, that was just last weekend. I don't even remember. I can't can't keep track of all this anymore. It's just, it's too much. But I uh, hope you get a chance to get out and uh, celebrate for the uh, the Mardi Gras. Hopefully the rain will not uh, not dampen things too much, especially for the kids to get out and do the, uh, the big kids parade uh, coming up tomorrow in, uh, in St. Andrews. So if you have not done so yet, if you are a first responder or if you are uh, in the military, either current or past, we are doing our appreciation lunch uh, at American Charlie's, and I'm inviting some of you guys to come to lunch with me. Uh, I got a limited number of people that I can bring with me, so you got to get on my guest list. Um, we got a bunch that are on the list now, and uh, you can get your name on there, and hopefully we'll be able to get you as well. Go to Newstalk101.com, and you can go there and sign up to get on that list, uh, and I will let you know if you uh, if you make it on there, because I hope you do, because we've done uh, we've done our lunch once already. It was a great time. Looking forward to the next one that is coming up. Uh, and I want you to get on that list. So go do that. Uh, Newstalk101.com for that. Also, um, we were going to get some of the uh, the interviews this week for the, um, the, the municipal elections. However, due to some complications with some candidates, um, we're going to end up starting next week. We got a bunch of them that are going on there. A bunch more have finally reached out to me about coming on. So we will, for the next uh, two months, have a lot of these candidates on because that list has grown a little bit. Hang on, we got to take a break for news. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Sometimes the only way to stop him from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry, he'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of the Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. WYOO, Springfield, Panama City. Northwest Florida's News Talk leader and home of the Brian Rust Morning Show. We are News Talk at 101. Now. Ladies and gentlemen. Get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch. And doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to hour number three of the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Gonna see some rain this afternoon. Yay. (laughs) Also gonna see for the next couple of days as well. I'm just hoping that it clears up by Sunday because Sunday to me sounds like a good day to go play golf. No, I got a problem with it. I really do. It's like a horrible addiction. However... I've, uh, I've actually been opening up my bag a little bit more, which is unusual for me. And now I've discovered I have another club that I like using that needs to be regripped. I gotta go see my friends over at Golf Plus again. That's what I gotta do now on that. Get that taken care of. Maybe that'll do that today. Treat myself a little bit. 
So Disney, man, they they are they're having some issues. They're having some problems. They really are. However, happy to see that the stock prices did a little bit better yesterday. They're they're kind of doing a little bit better. But uh, in addition to the problems that they're having here in the state of Florida, because well, they had to go woke. And you know what happens when you go woke? You go broke. And while well, they're they're suffering the consequences of that. Uh, and it is going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out with the state of Florida. I still have a prediction on this. Um, and, and mostly because I think this this deal that we see with with the, the state of Florida taking away Reedy Creek from Disney, I think in part, not fully, but I think in part, some of this is going to fall apart. And if you read the um, the original paperwork on this, when it originally came about, the way that it's worded is that if a county such as Orange County, where uh, a great deal of, of Disney is part of, says, yeah, no, we, we can't take on that responsibility, then the whole thing kind of falls apart and goes away. Now, there's been a little bit of tweaks to it. And I think that a lot of what, uh, what Disney did have is going to kind of somewhat go away. But I think in the end, it's not going to be a complete dissolving of the deal. I think there's going to be a new deal that will happen, which will still allow Disney to have a certain level of control of the particular area, which as, as far as, and here's the thing. Yes, they need to pay their fair share in tax. And, and I hate saying, I hate saying it that way. Yes, they do need to pay their, their taxes, you know, according to the law. Don't go anything up and above the law. It has to go to the law. Change the law if you want it different. But I think it would be detrimental to the state and to uh, the counties should Disney um, not retain the control of the infrastructure right there because then taxpayers got to pick up the, 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 the bill on that. And even Disney paying their quote-unquote fair share of taxes still won't add up uh, and, and pay off right away or anytime really soon for what uh, what Disney owes and what it costs Disney to handle the infrastructure. And we all seen how government handles infrastructure. Jesus, that'll be a mess. I mean, it's already, it's about $2 billion just in debt that Disney has that the state slash counties would have to absorb. So I, I think in the end, we're going to see a, a modified version of this where Disney retains some sort of control, but not what they used to have. But now, more bad news for Disney as they are adding to the list of companies that is doing massive layoffs. Worldwide, Disney is eliminating about 7,000 jobs or about 3.2% of its workforce, according to the new CEO, Bob Iger who aims to slash a stunning $5.5 billion in spending in attempt to, to really kind of just save the company. I do know a way, though, Bob, if you're looking to, to add up a little bit, I know it's not a whole lot, but it's a little bit. $18 million, you can save the company at least that by canceling the view. Just saying. Go ahead and cancel the view. But Bob Iger announced uh, the, the, the cuts yesterday during Disney's uh, first quarter earnings report, saying that it was not an easy decision to make. 
I have enormous respect and appreciation for the dedication of our employees worldwide. And he said, while this is necessary to address the challenges we face today, I do not make this decision lightly. Disney has about 220,000 people uh, employed worldwide. And the layoffs are expected to hit the U.S. employees the hardest. With the uh, the DMED, which is the Disney Media and Entertainment Distrib- uh, Distribution, uh, brunting the, the, the heaviest of the cuts. Something else that was also announced uh, during this um, was Disney kind of dividing itself a little bit more into three different divisions. One being the entertainment division, uh, which falls under the the DMED, the Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution, which is the 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 movie production, TV production, all that stuff. Um, and it also ABC falls under that too, which is odd because wait to hear the rest of this. The next division will be the parks. The parks will be its own division, which I mean it already kind of is this way, but this is part of some of the the re redoing that they're doing. And then the last one that makes me scratch my head a little bit. And kind of makes me go, yeah, kind of see this coming. The third division will be ESPN. ESPN on its own, not ABC, ESPN. And I think the reason for that is because they're getting ready to unload ESPN. ESPN has been, unfortunately, a colossal failure for Disney. And I think we're going to see them either unload it to somebody else or it's just going to simply go away because it has it is not done well for Disney. Some of the other areas that hasn't done very well for Disney has also been the uh, the streaming, which is actually the the thing that Bob Iger was the one responsible for getting started. He got that whole thing started. But the Disney has reported that its streaming service has lost a mind-boggling $1.5 billion in the fourth quarter alone. I mean, I, I had to be honest. I, I am a Disney guy. I like Disney. But the Disney streaming service has really been kind of pathetic. It really, truly has. And I understand why. I mean, I even dropped it too. And it's only, what was it, like nine-something dollars a month, something like that. And if they lost $1.5 billion, that's not very good. But Disney layoffs are going to be part of a larger media industry bloodbath, uh, which we've already seen people like Warner Brothers, Discovery, uh, which, by the way, owns CNN, um, Paramount Global, Netflix, they have all done some slashing as well. And of course, we have also seen the uh, the tech giants, Meta, Microsoft, Google, Twitter, all of those guys have done massive layoffs. But the good news is that uh, unemployment is at a 50-year low and um, the country's doing really well on jobs. Right, Joe Biden? 233-9988. That is the number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Good morning, April. How are you? I'm doing fine. Happy birthday. You're getting old. I, I know. I, at least I don't feel it or look it. So I guess that, that there's that. But thank you. Well, I'm getting, just remember, getting old ain't for sissies. That's right. Age is nothing but a number. It's all in how you handle it, I guess. Well, you're talking about Disney this morning, and I'm going to bring it in to a little something much more local. Um, yeah. Our, uh, two of our best friends were at one of the big box home product stores in the la- this week. And um, she was telling me this story and I, I just, I was kind of in disbelief, but maybe not. 
they were standing in line to check out, and as usual, the line was slow. And there was this illegal type standing behind them with the many hundred dollars worth of building products on a rollout cart. Guy starts grumbling, reaches over, gets a cool drink out of the cooler, stands there for a minute and drinks it, puts the cool the uh, cool drink on the cart, and pushes the cart out the door. <laughs> and my friend's husband goes, "Hey, you didn't pay for that," and he got the. Uh, flipped off Mexican bird and he turns around to the clerk and he says, did you see that? He didn't pay for his stuff. And the checkout clerk says, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to lose my job. Yeah. And he turns around and he sees another clerk and he tells him and he, and he says, you need to do something. And the guy said, sure. And he turned around and walked away. And my friend was furious and they get out to the car and he calls the manager of the store and sits and waits 20 minutes for the manager to answer. And the manager gets on the phone finally and he's told the story and he says, I'm not going to send any of my employees out to maybe get hurt or killed over a few hundred dollars worth of merchandise. Well, I understand that. Jeff worked in retail, and they were told not to do that, too. Mm -hmm. And recently, you know, we've heard stories about um, husbands or boyfriends going back in when their girlfriends weren't allowed to steal what they wanted to. Yep. And I've been in places here in town where there would be a barrage of individuals come in and they would just flood the store, and i just leave. But the thing of it is, and then he, he got home, and he's still furious, and he calls the county police. And the county police tell him, look, they have a protocol. If they're not going to call us, we're not going to do anything. They know who stole it. They have it on camera. They probably have his license plate number. But if they're not going to press charges, we're not going to follow up. Yeah. Now, the cost of this theft is already built into everything we purchase. But how long is this going to be allowed to go on? We all know what's happening in Oakland and Seattle and places like that to the point where they're closing businesses. Mm -hmm. Well, look, but, at, look at Walmart. You know, Walmart had that policy for a very oh, long time of if somebody steals something, they steal something, don't worry about it. And then in the past yeah. year, Walmart has finally realized I'm like, look at the hundreds of millions of dollars that we're losing in revenue. And Walmart has finally said, okay, for the two employees that we actually have in the building, uh, yeah, go ahead and stop them. You know, they finally step up. And, you know, some of these other companies, I, I get it. And this is one of the problems with the society right now is that, you know, if you were to go stop them, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, there's so many things. There could be violence. There could be the accusation of racism. There could be the accusation of uh, sexism. There could be an accusation of this or that. And that. so lawyers are all telling them the HR departments and who are telling the other don't don't bother. Just write it off on the taxes as a loss um, and don't go that way. And then in some places around the country, I and mean, unfortunately we don't have that problem here, but so many other places in the country are like they they won't prosecute, they won't go after it, so the police won't do anything. And then, you know, the police are tied if a place doesn't want to actually do something. So it's a mess. But in, in the end, the businesses get hurt. You know, well, that's why Walmart's kind of changed their stance. It'll be interesting to well, see how many others will do it. And like I say, I understand that. I, I would want my, my husband or my wife to come home from work each day. I don't want them chasing a, right. a, some, a thief out the door. But for, for the amount of money that this particular incident had, he said they had at least three or four hundred. Multiply that by 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. You could pay two police officers 
off duty to stand at the door and just the fact that they are there would deter the whole thing. But it's a PR thing. Yeah. I don't care about the PR thing. I want to know that this has happened. This is being taken care of. Well, you and know, it, so it's also a matter of, of safety. Safety is the other thing because it's like, right. you know, how, how do you feel uh, as being someone who's a, a little older going into one of these stores knowing that this criminal element can happen? And we all know that with the criminal element, you don't start off at the top. You start off, you steal the candy, and then you steal, yeah. you know, a sandwich, and then you steal the, and you work your way up. And, and what what level of brazenness is it going to be when I realize that I can walk into the store, load up whatever I want in this cart, and walk out? You know, what's the next level of of my comfort of being a bad guy? Am I going to get to? And what point is it going to be where you know what I like the purse that you're carrying, lady? Give me your purse. You know, I mean, yeah. what what point is it going to be where we say enough is enough? I've been on, on parking lots loading up my groceries, and there would be this, this guy who would, I would see him three or four cars away heading towards me. And I just literally point my finger and yell loudly, you stop right there and don't get any closer. And this, this last time it happened, this dude put his hands up in the air and he turned around and walked the other way. But then he approached somebody else, another woman loading her car, and I watched her give him money. Hmm. So she was obviously afraid. Me, on the other hand, I have a reason not to be afraid. Right. Me too. And, you know, I know what you're talking about. Just, yeah. And it's just, we've got to put a stop to this. They could scream racism and everything they want to scream. But the real reality is, is what if you or I did that, Brian? Oh, yeah. What if we walked out of the store? Because we have something to lose. They know where we are. They can find us. But these illegal types, they come in, they're making money off of this, and they're stealing this country blind in mm -hmm. so many ways. I was up at a, a business yesterday, and, and it was a, I was getting a pedicure, and me and the lady next to me were talking, and I was relating this story. Turned out that the woman that was doing my toes, she's Mexican. But she says, I came here years ago legally. I oh. paid the price and oh, I am a citizen. Let me tell you, if you pay and attention to uh, to the Hispanics that have come here through the legal system, they're pissed. They they are so yeah, mad is. about this whole thing. And, of course, Democrats are like, oh, but, but it's your people. We're making it. And they're like, no, 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 no. My people are not. You know, uh, I did it the right way. They should as well. So, yeah. And that's one of the reasons, yeah, uh, multiple reasons why I, I see so many Hispanics I, coming I, to the Republican I, Party. I'm sure that there are a, a whole lot of black people that are very upset about mm -hmm what's happening in this black population. And when they're trying to blame everyone but themselves for the, for the reality of the black on black crime, we live in, in a subdivision here that has it's very mixed and we've got some great people. Yeah. And you know, if I were them, I would be furious because it's, it's labeling all of them. Yeah. Well, the problem that we're having in this country right now is that it is a minority that is actually winning everything. You know, it, it's, a, yes. it's a few liberals, a few progressives that whine and cry about something and they win. It's a, a, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, bad black people, bad Hispanic people that do something bad. So therefore all Hispanics, all blacks are bad. It's like it, it, at some point we got to get to a point where we have to say, all right, enough is enough. You know, we've got to put our foot down. Um, and, and I think we're starting to get to that point. I think the country's 
they're just getting to a point where they, they just can't take any more of it. They really can't. Well, maybe maybe if people, when they go into stores and like these stores that, that we've talked about that are allowing this theft, they go to the management and say, look, we're tired of paying the price for the theft that you are allowing. Take that money right? and spend it on putting two two armed police officers at your doors and stop this. Yeah. That's all they need is just a slight deterrent. Mm-hmm. That's all it would take. You'll stand in line just like I will. You'll grumble in your groan and you'll be pissed because it's taking you 10 minutes to get through the checkout line. But you pay for your merchandise. Pay yeah. for it. Yeah. That way we don't have to. Besides, so, when you look at yeah. all the money that they're losing, I mean, they can pay for the lawyers to take care of any problems later on. So it's like, I don't know. Absolutely. It's a mess. It really is. Hey, Absolutely. April, we're up against our break. Thanks for the call. Great call. Appreciate it. Thanks for the birthday wishes as well. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. We start off with two words. The Brian Rush Show. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks so much for listening. Waking up with us today. By the way, traffic update for you. 79. There is an accident on the, uh, the south side of the bridge right there at School Drive. Apparently it is a crash with injuries. So traffic right there in 79 uh, may be a little bit uh, slow in that area. So do watch out, uh, 79. Right there by the uh, the bridge, the south side of the bridge, uh, an accident with injuries has been reported right there. Hey, coming up next week, we are going to officially kick off our, um, our candidate uh, interviews for the municipal election. There are, the, the list has actually grown. <laughs> it's grown a lot. So we're having to tweak it a little bit. Uh, as to when we're going to get everything done. We were going to do some of them this week, but um, I got to rechange some things a little bit because a few candidates uh, decided they didn't want to. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that in the future as well. But uh, if you are in one of the areas where the municipal elections are happening, including, uh, let's see, Parker, Panama City, uh, Mexico Beach, Lynn Haven, I think I got them all. Um, there are multiple elections that are going on and we want to get you all informed on those uh, so we are going to be doing the, uh, the interviews. We're going to bring the candidates in. We're going to chat with them about what's going on. Um, that way you get an idea of who some of these people are. And, and again, every candidate, except for a couple of the new ones, uh, that just popped up has been invited to come on and the new ones that have popped up. I'm going to reach out to them as well and see if they want to come on too and talk about it. And I'm also going to do this point blank. I'm going to call out those who refuse to come on. Because if any candidate doesn't want to talk about their candidacy and why uh, they should be and not return emails, mm, just saying. I'll say a lot more later. Hang on, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take some of your calls. 233-9988. That is the phone number. Hang on, we got a break for Fox News. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. This is the Brian Russ Show. By the way, we're not responsible for detailing the inside of your car if you shower it with coffee after something he says. Now, here's Brian on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and thanks so much for listening. So, Bill Gates, (laughs) Bill Gates, he wants you to know that he's not the problem. 
It's kind of many problems, actually, when you stop and think about it. Bill Gates recently did an interview on BBC that aired last week where he was asked to address the public's criticism that he uses a private jet, which is a very nice one, by the way. It's a Gulfstream G650. Oh, that thing is gorgeous. Uh, anyhow, he, uh, he talks about how uh, the public's criticism that his use of the private jet is hypocritical given the stance that he has on climate change. The, uh, the World Wildlife Fund is now claiming that air travel is currently the most carbon-intensive activity an individual can make. And Gates and other billionaires have been slammed for traveling on their private jets, especially when they've been out campaigning about climate change, which is kind of funny. And, of course, they all can't like, hey, tell you what, uh, we're all going to this thing. You want to join me? No, nah, that's all right. I'm going to take my own plane. That's like when the, uh, the World Economic Forum when they all get together. Have you ever seen how that works? Let me explain to you this. Because remember, one of the things they talk about is climate change. Talk about climate change all the time. In Davos, where they do this meeting all the time, which maybe you guys might want to think about a different location. What they end up doing is this. You can't land a private jet in Davos, Switzerland. Oh, you think to yourself, well, how do they get there? They get there by their private jets. But what they do is they fly to another city on board their private jets and they land in that city. From that city, there is a fleet of helicopters that will then fly them from their private plane into Davos where they will then talk about climate change and how all the peons like you and I uh, need to change the way we do our lives and we need to be subject to all these climate change things. And then they get back on their helicopters and then they fly back to their private planes where they each individually fly back to where they came from. Oh, doesn't that get you a little bit worked up? Where's all the climate change people talking about that? They can't even like drive a big old SUV or an electric EV or something. Nope, can't even do that. Got to fly in their helicopters from the plane to the economic forum. Unreal, really is. But um, Gates, during all of this, he was asked uh, by one of the journalists on the BBC, you actually mentioned your use of the private jet. Let me put it to you directly. What do you say to charge, to the charge that if, if you're a climate change campaigner, but you're also traveling around the world in your private jet, you're a hypocrite. Gates responded by saying, well, I buy buy the gold standard of funding uh, Climeworks to do direct air capture that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint. Oh, sweet Jesus. Otherwise put as, well, like, I I buy those carbon credits with a, a fake thing that really doesn't actually do anything but makes other people rich because that's what climate change is all about, is making other people rich. Shut up. Climeworks, by the way, is is a machinery industry company in Switzerland and Germany that developed direct air capture technology to remove carbon dioxide. You know what else does that? This this hang with me for a second. You're gonna be you're gonna be blown away. And if you're if you're drinking coffee now, put your coffee down. If you're driving, either pull over or hold on with both hands because this is gonna blow your mind. Trees. I know. Who would have thought that trees 
actually remove carbon dioxide from the air. That's amazing. So we could plant more trees to help clean out the carbon dioxide versus building machinery that you have to take from the ground and the earth, the minerals to build the machinery, and then you have to operate the machinery, which then also requires power. So therefore, you got to come up with a power. So you could just plant a freaking tree. I know. I, when I did the research on that uh, back in elementary school, I was just as blown away as you are right now. It's amazing. But thank God that Bill Gates is uh, he's buying the gold standard. I mean, he's hes not even doing like the, the premium cheapy package or something. He, he went for the gold standards when buying the, uh, the funding Climeworks. You know, whew, thank God for Bill Gates. This is amazing. I'm telling you, this is the happiest story of the entire day. When, when I'm done with this story, you're, you're even going to be so happy, uh, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. Maybe go have pizza, because today's National Pizza Day. But according to the International Energy Agency, direct air capture is not an alternative to cutting emissions. So, hey, thanks for buying into it and all, but you're still ruining the environment with your big jet. That's kind of what they just said. But they said it is more energy intensive and therefore expensive than capturing it from a point source or planting trees. Just saying. And in the interview, Gates added on, he says, I spend billions of dollars on climate innovation. So you know what? Uh, so you know, should I stay at home and not come to Kenya and learn about farming and malaria? Yeah, because Bill Gates really wants to know about farming. Oh, Bill Gates had a farming, yeah, 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 whatever. But he said that I'm comfortable with the idea that not only am I not part of the problem by paying for the offsets, but also through the billions that my breakthrough energy group is spending, that I am part of the solution. And he said that referring to the, uh, the energy company that he has that is focused on developing technology to reach net zero emissions. And when you really break it down, we will never have an absolute net zero of emissions. And we keep talking, oh, we got to have some machinery. If we do this new technology and these machines, we can make the environment better. Yeah, you could also plant the freaking tree. You take the little seed and you put it in some dirt and you put it down in there and you put water on top of it. And the next thing you know, this little thing comes up. You know what the investment on that was? Probably a whole lot less. But Bill Gates doesn't think he's part of the problem. I'm not part of the problem. Look, I'm investing billions of dollars and I, you know, I, I still fly around in the plane so that I can learn about farming and malaria. So you, you had to fly to Kenya to find out about farming and malaria. I know that you, you're a computer guy, and, and Bill, maybe you don't know about this. Uh, I'll help you out. Uh, there's this little thing called the internet, uh, and there's a, a computer um, that uh, it, it has this, these programs on it, and you can, you can go to this little spot where you can type on the keyboard, um, tell me about farming. Or better yet, you can go to YouTube and put in how to farm. 
I bet you anything you can find everything you need to know there versus getting on board your $80 million airplane, which is about how much that airplane goes for, and burn thousands of gallons of fuel to fly all the way over to Kenya so that you can find out about farming. But Bill Gates letting us know he's not part of the problem. It's not me. I'm not part of the problem. Even though, uh, you know, the time that I'm spending in my jet uh, to go over to Kenya is putting more carbon in the air than a lifetime of your car, uh, you peasants. By the way, go to work so that, uh, you know, you can do things for me. I'm not part of the problem. It, it's, all the, the, it's all those peasants. The peasants and their gas-powered cars and, 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 you know, not having solar panels on their house. It's all their fault. I'm not part of the problem. Not at all. So sad. I mean, and this is, this is what these people think. This is how they think. They don't care about you and I. It's all about their power. So it just, it kind of makes me giggle a little bit there uh, with Gil ba- uh, Bill Gates justifying uh, his use of his private plane. Hey, I'm more important. That's like, what was it that John Kerry said? I'm doing important work. I'm doing important work, so I have to have my private plane. It's like uh, Corey Bush. You don't need police protection. You don't need it, you peasants. But me, I'm doing important work up here in Washington, and my body is important, so I have to have private security. Uh, But we're going to defund all the police from you guys. You know what just amazes me is that, that so many of these elitists act this way. It's like, do they even realize they're doing that? You know, I really wonder if, if they realize they're doing it or they're just so oblivious to the world around them and so self-centered that they don't see it. They don't see it. They don't feel it. Nothing. I'm going with the latter of that. So Congressman Byron Donaldson, or Donald from, uh, from Florida, we've had him on the show before. Pretty good guy. He ended up fact-checking CNN anchor after uh, the anchor was pushing Biden's attack on Republicans for the Social Security and Medicare. I'm telling you, Byron Donalds, he might be one of the rising stars in the Republican Party. And I do like the fact that he pushes back. But he explained yesterday why President Joe Biden's attack on Republicans claiming that they want to cut Social Security and Medicare was just plain old false. Of course, Biden, during the, uh, the State of the Union, had claimed that uh, the Republican, Republicans, well, not, not all the Republicans, just some of the Republicans, well, okay, but, but maybe there, there's a couple, not you, not you, uh, but there, there's, I don't want to name them. Uh, there's, there's, just say it, dude. Republicans are bad. But he made the claim that Republicans want to take the economy hostage and, quote, unquote, sunset the Social Security and Medicare. And as we heard from people like James Carville, who talked about how, yo, back on Newt Gingrich. Yeah, back in the mid-90s. Sit down and shut up, geriatric. But uh, he goes, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree with their economic plans. You know, like cutting the spending. Uh, But Biden goes on to say, all of you at home should know what these plans are. Yeah, we should know. That they want to cut the spending. They want to stop wasting your money. While the Democrats are like, just raise the debt limit. 
we're going to fall apart if we don't do the debt limit. Like you and I. Wouldn't that be great if we could do that? Oh, man, I need a new washing machine. Oh, but you know what? My credit limit is only so high, and I'm only making so much. You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to call up the credit company and say, hey, uh, raise it up two grand. I need to buy a new washing machine. We can't do that. We got to figure out how we're going to save a little bit of the money, cut back on a couple of things. All right, there we go. Now I got the money. Now I can buy that washing machine. Washington doesn't get it. But he went on to say, instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans and some Republicans uh, want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. No, they don't. They just don't. But the claims triggered some sharp reaction from some of the Republican lawmakers, including Byron Donalds. And some of them ended up shouting out the liar, which has now set off uh, even more emotions uh, from a bunch of the people. But when, uh, when Representative Donalds was on CNN... He was asked about the moment during an interview with them on CNN this morning. Uh, so the five people that actually saw this interview. And was asked whether Biden helped himself by suggesting he, was, uh, he has won cover, uh, uh, converts in the Republican Party. And Caitlin Collins had uh, asked Donalds what you are even talking about. This is what, uh, I'm sorry, this is what Donald said. He said, what are you even talking about? Joe Biden created this falsy that we're cutting Social Security and Medicare. No Republican has said that. Caitlin Collins then defended Biden by saying that she pointed out that the one Republican, Senator Rick Scott, has perhaps floated cutting Social Security and Medicare over his plan to sunset all federal spending over five years which would presumably include social safety spending. Uh, but even PolitiFact pointed out that Scott's proposal does not specifically call for phasing out Medicare and Social Security. Again, lies from the left. Yeah, but Rick Scott said, no, he didn't. What he said, that's not what he said. But it doesn't fit our narrative, so let's twist it. Okay. But Byron Donald said, let's make it, let's make a clear point um, that uh, when it comes to respect to the, the debt ceiling, no Republican has said, we're going to look at Social Security and Medicare. No Republican. The president has tried to, to conflate the two to make a political argument. He is wrong. And it's true. There's no Republicans that are out there saying, hey, we got to cut Medicare. We got to get rid of Medicare. Get rid of it. Social Security, too. Because remember, Social Security, by the way, in case you're not aware of this, uh, that is just, uh, that's an entitlement. You're just entitled to it. I mean, just because of the fact that the money is forcefully taken out of your paycheck and held on to the government, um, it's still just, it's an entitlement. You're entitled to it. So, no, it's my money and I kind of earned it. It's my money and I want it now. But this is something that the uh, the left media they're, they're attacking and they're twisting and they're going to do everything they can. And this is going to be one of the things in the next couple of years we're going to watch. That the Democrats will uh, continue with this. The, the Republicans are trying to take away your Social Security while there are no Republicans that are actually doing it. It really, really, truly isn't. And it's sad watching this. It really is. But again, this is another reason for why the Republican Party 
has got to get on board with messaging. And they've got to do it now. They've got to make it so that every time that the Democrats come out with something that is false, that is not accurate in the way that it is, that the Republicans come back and hit them. Hit them hard. I'm talking about a full-on wind-up, swing-hard, hit-them-where-it-hurts kind of hit them. Otherwise, the Republicans are going to be in deep trouble come 2024. Hang on. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Russ Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. ...out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. This is The Brian Russ Show. We are Northwest Florida's News Talk leader. News Talk at 101. All right. Welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. So, Ron DeSantis kind of somewhat answering back to Donald Trump's attack. Uh, that he had uh, he had kind of said with um, well, <laughs> Donald Trump allegedly had said that uh, you know um, Ron DeSantis uh, was grooming high school girls and he's guilty of doing that. Ron DeSantis coming out and actually taking the high road on it, uh, saying that he was not interested in attacking his fellow Republicans. Telling you this is one of the things that um, that uh, that Donald Trump has got to get a handle on. they say over and over again, and it's true that Donald Trump needs to get out of his own way. And if Donald Trump does actually continue the smearing thing, even though a lot of the polls right now are showing that he's got a better chance of beating Ron DeSantis than the other way around. I think a lot of Americans are kind of tired of that. Get out there, talk about the issues, talk about why uh, you are going to be the best president. Um, And when you look at the polls, there really isn't much reason to go off and do all that bashing. So really, seriously, just kind of knock it off, Donnie. Just get out there and tell us what you're going to do if we reelect you as the president of the United States. That's all you got to do. Seriously. And everything will be okay. We hope, anyhow. We truly hope. Hey, one big thank you to, by the way, everybody that has poured in with the birthday wishes today. Um, I do appreciate it. And, you know, this is one of these things where Never would have thought that I would have actually reached uh, this particular birthday. Uh, and, you know, I, I have to say it's because of uh, my angel that ended up donating the kidney to me that has made it to this point. So when people ask me, you know, what I think about turning 50, that is actually what I think about is I think about the angel that allowed that to happen. That's why giving life is so important. Northwest Florida's News Talk Leader and home of the Brian Rust Morning Show. We are News Talk at 101. 